Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax product for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. A beautiful piece of linoleum can do wonders in brightening up your kitchen, bathroom, or front entrance. But what about keeping the linoleum itself beautiful? Well, that's an easy job for Johnson's Glow Coat, the preferred floor polish in millions of homes. And no wonder Glow Coat gets first choice. It gives your linoleum and other floors great beauty. It takes practically no work. And it protects the surface against dirt, wear, and moisture. Actually adds greatly to the life of linoleum, as well as keeping its color and pattern fresh and new-looking. Glow Coat is self-polishing, requires no rubbing or buffing. You just apply and let dry. That easy. Spilled things are wiped up in a jiffy, and that eases your work, too. So, for beauty, convenience, and protection, join the millions of satisfied users of Johnson's self-polishing Glow Coat. This is a sad moment at 79 Wistful Vista, a sad moment and a tense moment. Because here in the living room, waiting for the verdict of the surgeon, the tree surgeon on the fate of the old oak tree in the front yard, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. For goodness sakes, McGee, stop rushing to the wind and facing up and down. There's nothing you can do about it. I know, I know, but my gosh, I will, gee whiz. I don't know why cartoonists get so much fun out of a guy walking up and down outside of a maternity ward. This suspense is awful. Oh, be calm, dearie. Relax. Look at me. Sewing away as though nothing at all were happening. Yeah. You've tried to thread the tape measure through the wrong end of that needle three times. You're going to hate to lose that old oak tree as much as I'm going to hate to lose that old oak tree. Yes. Yes, I really am. I love that tree. 
It's always been... Uh-oh, here's the bad news. Come in. Hello there, McGee. Hello, Molly. Hi, Doc. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Gamble. Well, what's going on here, anyway? Molly, you've been crying. Oh, it's nothing. McGee, have you been beating your wife? Because if you've laid one badly manicured finger on a hair of her well-shaped head, so help me, I'll No, doctor, you. no, it's nothing like that. It's just that we're expecting some bad news, Doc. The doctor's here. Dr. Woodbury. Dr. Woodbury? I don't believe I know. Wait a minute! What is this? Who's Dr. Woodbury? By George, I may not be under a yearly retainer to you people, but I know your medical histories like Amos knows Andy, and I won't... Where's this Dr. Woodbury? <laughs> Out in front, Doc. Up in the tree. Up in the tree? <laughs> sure knows his business, too. Shinnied up that big trunk like a salmon up the Columbia. He's been clear up to the top four times. I, uh... I see. Some emergency arose, so instead of calling old Doc Gamble, you consult some stranger. He goes out and starts climbing trees. Well, it's been nice knowing you folks. Good day. Hey, wait a minute, Aerosmith. You don't understand. He's a tree surgeon. Oh, a tree surgeon. Oh, that's too bad. What's too bad about it? Well, much as I would have hated to terminate our relationship in the event that you'd found a physician who suited you better... Oh, nonsense. It would almost have been worth it to have another medico in this town who knew his sphygmomanometer from a hot rock. <laughs> Free surgeon, eh? <laughs> I tell you, he's the best in town, too, doctor. He's the one who saved Toops' horse chestnut tree from a serious case of Japanese beetles last year. They say this guy can take one look at an acorn and tell you how many times the firemen are going to have to come and rescue a cat out of it when it grows up. I'd like to see this miracle oh, man. Dear, 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 I hope he says he can save it. Cheer up, Mommy. There's still hope. Come in. Well, I, uh, I've finished my examination, Mr. McGee. It's, uh... Oh, uh, am I intruding? Uh, not at all, Dr. Woodbury. Uh, we'd like to have you meet an old friend of ours. Dr. Woodbury, Dr. Gamble. Dr. Woodbury is a tree doctor, Dr. Gamble. And Dr. Gamble is a people doctor, Dr. Woodbury. <laughs> How do you do, Doctor? Hello, Doctor. I take it all is not oak with the oak? <clears throat> it's a pretty serious case, I'm afraid. Tell me, Mrs. McGee, has this tree of yours any history of Dutch moth? Any childhood diseases that you know of? Uh, no, no, I don't think so, Doctor. Uh, though, as I remember, it had a bad attack of woodpeckers in 1929. Ah, uh, woodpeckers. Hmm. That's the first instance I ever heard where the patient got stuck with a bill before the doctor even arrived. <laughs> How about it, Doc? Is it, uh, will we have to... I mean... Uh, is there any hope, Doctor? Uh, if you good people would be so good as to leave the room a moment, I, uh, I should like to consult with Dr. Gamble. Would you uh, honor me, Doctor? Delighted, I'm sure, Doctor. Although my arboreal experience has been limited to a certain lady patient of mine to whom we refer as the Weeping Willow Bee. <laughs> You'll excuse us, Molly? Certainly. Uh, come on, McGee. Okay. Do everything you can, men. Remember, expense is no object. As long as it don't cost too much. 
Well, I see where Alabama's picked for the Rose Bowl, Doctor. Yes, I remember when Alabama played it in 1926 for the first time. Beat Washington 20 to 19. Yes, yes. Well, how's business, Doctor? Oh, can't complain, Doctor. Though I sometimes envy you tree surgeons. Hmm? How so, Doctor? Well, sometimes it seems so simple to slap a hundred pounds of cement into a patient, paint him with tar, and brace him up with a few feet of wire cable. Yes, yes, it, it has its points, Doctor. On the other hand, uh, you're in no danger of a patient falling over on you and breaking your leg. Incidentally, Doctor, how about the oak tree out in front? Look bad? That isn't a tree. That's a perpendicular stack of firewood. Oh? It's been dead longer than Julius Caesar. Well, why stall around, Doctor? Why don't you tell him? Well, it looks better this way. More dignity. Oh. But uh, you better call him in now, I guess. And try to look more serious, Doctor. Remember, we've been consulting. Oh, yes. Sometimes I'm inclined to forget I'm a doctor and act like a human being. <laughs> Come in, McGee. Well, Docs, what's the verdict? My boy, I'm afraid it's bad news. You mean? Yes, yes, Mrs. McGee. As it must to all trees, the end has come to the old oak tree. It's battled its way through life from tiny acorn to sturdy tree. It has stood between your home and the fierce heat of the sun. It has been a barrier between you and the tempest, but now, now the birds must seek another resting place. The whippoorwill must shrill his plaintive call from elsewhere, and my fee is seven dollars and a half. Oh, and it was such a beautiful tree. Oh, forget it, Molly. With that thing chopped down, maybe the paper boy can hit the front porch now and then. Well, here's your dough, Doc. Thank you. Nice to have met you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. See you up in the maple tree sometime. <laughs> and uh, now, if I could remember where you put my hat... No, I no, would... Doctor, not in there. No, that's the whole plot! <laughs> you couldn't hang a hat in there. And I can't believe that you're in love with me.
that sure is a tough old tree, ain't it, Molly? Yes, it certainly is. <sighs> yep. You take 50 more whacks at it, and then I'll chop for a while. You take the axe now, dearie. I don't want all the fun. Besides, I've got a crick in my back that would float the Queen Mary. Well, we better rest a while anyway. What do you mean, we'd better rest? All you've done is grunt. Sure, but somebody's got to see if the works get started right. There's a lot of science to falling a tree, you know. <laughs> Give me that axe and I'll show you. All right, here, you chop and I'll grunt. Thanks. Uh. Uh. Oh! Ow! McGee. Huh? <laughs> Why don't you keep chopping in the same place all the time? That tree looks like it was being chewed by some cross-eyed beavers. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to see you don't know much about lumberjacking, kiddo. Look, where do you suppose this tree's going to fall when it falls? Well, I hadn't really considered that, dearie, but uh, for a rough guess, I'd say onto the ground. Ah, but where onto the ground? If it falls to the north, it'll crash through the roof of the house. South, it'll fall into the street and block traffic. Yeah. So, I got to make it fall right straight down the center of our driveway. See? Well, how on earth can you make it do that? <laughs> That's the trick, baby. <laughs> That's where skill and experience comes in. You see, you got to make a deep cut into the trunk. Then right above it, you make a shallower cut. Then the tree falls to, to one side, you see. Are you sure you don't make a deep cut above and the shallower cut below? Mm, no, I don't think so. I always thought... Oh, hey, here comes Wilcox. Maybe he'll know. Hey, Junior, come here a minute. Hello, Molly. What's the matter, pal? Just a little matter of woodcraft, Mr. Wilcox. You ever a Boy Scout, Junior? Sure, Eagle Scout. Ooh. Owl Patrol. Mm -hmm. Merit badges for bricklaying, book binding, picture framing, leather tooling, and housework. Housework? Yep, that's where I first heard about Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. <laughs> yeah, but what I want to ask ah, you... Ah, is... that was one merit badge I won like a flash. Mm. I took some Johnson's glow coat over to the scoutmaster's house, you see, and showed his wife what it would do for her kitchen linoleum. Yeah, but look, Waxy, when you chop down a tree... I showed her how simple glow coat is to use. How you just pour a little out, spread it around with a long-handled applier, let it dry 20 minutes or less with no rubbing or buffing, Yeah, but what and how it helps restore the beauty and sparkle of the original pattern. Yes, but himself here wants to know how to cut down a tree, so... And boy, when the scoutmaster came home that night and walked into his kitchen, he was astounded. He said, who is responsible for that beautiful, gleaming linoleum? And his wife patted me on the head and said, Eagle Scout Wilcox, Benjamin. Uh... And the scoutmaster said, Wilcox, I must ask you to resign from the Boy Scouts. So I did. After fixing up his kitchen linoleum so it would last so much longer and make his wife's housework so much easier? That was a dirty trick. No, no, he was right. Hmm? He just found out I was 31 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Getting to be a bald eagle scout. <laughs> but look, Waxy, did you learn much about woodcraft? Ah, plenty, pal, plenty. Look, if you get lost in the woods, you simply wait till October and see which way the geese fly, and that's south. But, Mr. Wilcox, do you know how to chop down a tree and make it fall where you want to? No, I don't. We didn't chop down trees. We were taught to love trees. Doggone it, we love trees too, Waxy, but this is a dead tree. It's got to be cut down. It's dangerous. And besides, it'll give us a lot of firewood for over the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's so funny about that, Junior? <laughs> I just thought of a great gag about doing your Christmas chopping early. Oh. Uh... <laughs> 
I want to get along home and tell Spanielize before I forget it. See you later, folks. Uh, Spanielize. Uh. If my husband ever called me Spanielize, I'd give one sharp little bark and bite him in the garter. <laughs> You'll never get a merit badge for wit and humor, either. Christmas chopping. Huh. Oh, well, I'm sure I'm right about putting the deep cut under the shallow cut. One side, Snooky. I'm going back to work. <coughs> That's strenuous work, Molly. <laughs> Great stuff to develop the gift steps, though. You mean the biceps, dearie? You can't biceps like mine. They're a gift. Wouldn't it be simpler to call some professional woodcutters and have them cut this tree down for you? No, sirree. I do this myself. Did Abraham Lincoln squeal for help when he wanted to clear a trail to the corner drugstore? No, sir. I come from pioneer stock and I ain't selling it short. Did I ever tell you about my father being born in a log cabin? No. Well, don't let me because it ain't true. But I'm still doubtful about your ability to lay this tree down the center of the driveway What do you mean, doubtful? You lay a walnut on that driveway and I'll crack it with four tons of oak tree, that's all My gosh, if uh, I look, don't... McGee, here comes Mrs. Carstairs Oh, that rhinestone rhinoceros <laughs> She's so aristocratic that when she blushes She looks like a blueprint of the Chase National Bank <laughs> I think she likes us because she knows we're not after her money Yeah, well, what good would it do us if we were after her money? The way she handles a buck, you'd think there was a game warden on every corner <laughs> Besides, she don't like me and that's mutual Well, maybe she is a little up... Ah, hello there, Mrs. Carstairs, so nice to see you How do you do, my dear? Glad for once to find you without your husband not that I dislike him particularly, although with a little effort... Hi, Carson. Ooh! <laughs> Is that you, Mr. McGee? It ain't Clement Attlee. <laughs> no, I am at present of the Labor Party till I get this job done. <laughs> I guess you didn't recognize him with those lumberjack clothes on, did you, Mrs. Carstairs? Uh, no. Uh, may I ask what you're doing with the long-handled hatchet, Mr. McGee? <laughs> I'm chopping this tree down, Carsty. Didn't know I was a woodsman, did you? Yes, I did. My husband told me. Oh, oh, your husband told you my husband was a woodsman? Yes, indirectly. We passed Mr. McGee on the street one day, and my husband said, lumbering sort of a fellow, isn't he? Oh, yeah, well, that sparring partner of yours is no Fred Astaire either, Carsty. He's about as graceful as an armload of coat hangers. <laughs> Please, Mr. McGee, for your uh, information... Tell Mrs. Carstairs what you plan to do about this tree, McGee. Uh, yes, do, Mr. McGee. <laughs> well, sir, the problem is this, Carsty. I've got to chop down this tree so it'll fall exactly down the driveway there. That's quite a trick of woodmanship, too. Yeah, but he can do it, Mrs. Carstairs. He can do it. Sure, I can do it. I'll drop this trunk like a nervous red cap. Well, I should never have selected you as the lumberman type, Mr. McGee. Oh, he knows his way around in the woods all right, Mrs. Carstairs. In fact, he's not out of the woods yet. I'll say. Why, up there in Minnesota years ago, I was not only the greatest woodsman of my day, Carsty, but the greatest fisherman, too. In fact, I caught so many of one species of bass, they named me after it. Big Mouth McGee, I was no doubt. <laughs> Big 
Ralph McGee, the bully boy of big bunches of burly, beady-eyed bruisers, bringing in big batches of beets, birch, and balsam, banding brisk bander with the brawny bandits, and booting the junior out of the brainless brutes that busted their bill hooks, bewildering big bosses with my baffling business of balancing the books and bagging big bonuses, but there's too many words beginning with B, so excuse me, folks, while I chop this tree. <laughs> King's Men and Come to Baby Do. I took a chew, 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 fast as I could take a chew, chew. I came a long, 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 long way to take you in my arms. And now it's your first move to prove that you've been true. Come to Baby Do. Come to Baby Do. I've been away, way, 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 way beyond the blue horizon. I hope that no, 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 no one else is on your mind. So pucker up, my sweet, and meet your Waterloo. Come to baby do. Come to baby do. Stop me from guessing. Ain't no time to tease Stop all this messing Put your bacon baby at ease I want to love, 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 love Just the way I want to love you I'm going to try, 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 try To make you understand When all is said and done The one for me is you Come to baby do Which way does it look like it's going to fall? Search me, McGee. I thought you said you could positively lay it right straight down the driveway, though. I positively can. I think. (laughs) My calculations are right, and I'm positive they are. I trust I can... Oh, wait a minute, McGee. Here comes that girl from next door. The prize fighter's cousin. Oh, her again. What do you suppose they're at? Good day, Mr. McGee. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello there. When you get through using that axe, may I borrow it for Punchy McClatchy? Hmm? He's my cousin, the prize fighter, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we know, sis. (laughs) Why do you want to borrow the axe? Well, Punchy simply must get out and do some road work today. You can't do road work with an axe, can you? No, but we have to threaten him with something. (laughs) I'll be back for it later. Thank you. (laughs) Mr. McClatchy must be the phlegmatic type. Huh? (laughs) They have to threaten him with an axe to get him out of the house. He's the dumbest pork and beaner in the business. He uses up more seconds than a Fred Allen ad lib. Fred Allen, that is. 
They say McClatchy's bed linen is made of old circus tents. He can't sleep unless it's on canvas. <laughs> I take it you're not one of Punchy McClatchy's greatest admirers. You can not only take it, you can keep it. McClatchy is a victim of fate. He is? He's got a Sunday punch and all his fights are on Saturday. <laughs> oh, well, so much for the manly art of assault and battery. You think I can take a few more wallops at that tree? Well, I don't know, dearie. It's getting awfully wobbly. Mm. A breath of Chanel number five would bring it down right now. Well, if it does, it'll fall right smack down the driveway, mark, mark my words. But mark them in pencil, I could be wrong. <laughs> Do my ears deceive me, or did I hear the little man admit he could be wrong? Oh, hello there, Mr. Mayor. Hi, Ella Trivia. Ever chopped down a tree? You must have me confused with George Washington, McGee. I'm just mayor, not president. <laughs> no, he's serious, Your Honor. He has a slight problem. Yeah, look. When you want a tree to fall in a certain direction, do you make a big cut under a small cut or a small cut under a big cut? On what side? <laughs> well, now, <clears throat> that's quite the most interesting problem which has confronted me today, McGee. And I have had some little dandies. Such as what, Your Honor? Such as the case we have in the corner lot at 17th and Oak Street. Oh. A carnival there was exhibiting a dead whale on a flat car. Uh -huh. Night before last, the carnival moved out, leaving the whale. <laughs> now, uh, a white elephant is popularly supposed to represent the acme of indisposability. But what does one do with a dead whale? Well, you've got quite a problem there, Mr. Mayor. Can't you dig a hole and bury it? And what would we do with the hundred tons of dirt that the whale replaced? Dig another hole and bury that? That approaches perpetual motion. I got an idea, Latrev. Yes? Yep. That vacant lot ain't far from the county line, is it? A few hundred yards, I believe. What of it, McGee? Well, suppose some dark night the flat car should break loose and run a half mile down the track. That'd be kind of take it out of your hands, wouldn't it, Latrev? My boy, I thank you. Uh -huh. You have solved the case of the fragrant mammal. <laughs> Why, shucks, it's nothing that any red-blooded American boy couldn't have done. Hey, you want to stick around and help me saw up some firewood with that buck saw over there? I'm going to chop down the old oak and bucket, you might say. Oh. <laughs> you get it, kids? It's a paraphrase on the old music. Ain't funny, McGee. Oh. <laughs> and if I may make a suggestion, McGee, your tree is beginning to totter a bit. Hadn't you better bring it down? Well, I'm a little dubious, Latrive, about the method. Like I said, undercutting or overcutting. I don't want to take any chances. Well, being a politician at heart, I'll trade a favor for a favor. Huh? You got that whale off my hands, so I'll call my city forester and get advice on felling this tree. Oh, wonderful. But you boys had better hurry. This monarch of the forest is about to abdicate. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's go in and do it right now, Latrive. Come on in. All right, right, right away. Hey, uh, get to City Hall and ask for extension 42. Okay. Hello, operator. Give me the city hall. Emergency. Hello, city hall. Extension 42, please. Mr. Stanislavski, he's the chief. How do you spell it? Ask for Jones. He's the assistant. <laughs> Hello? Is Mr. Jones there? Oh, it is? Well, this is Mr. McGee of 79 Wistful Vista. And I wanted to find out how to cut a tree. So... Mr. Jones? Is that you, Mr. Jones? Well, thanks anyway, Mr. Jones. Goodbye. 
Come on. Ah, yeah. oh, well, you did it, McGee. Very efficient, McGee. Right down the driveway. Well, Natch. Natch. I told you I could do it. <laughs> now I'll drive downtown and get a few guys to help me trim the branches off. <laughs> Want to ride downtown, Matrib? Thank you, yes. Okay, yes. I got to go fast. Hey, where's my car? <laughs> right where you left it, McGee. Huh? In the driveway under the tree. <laughs> oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> did nothing more than make every room more beautiful, you'd be grateful enough for Johnson's Wax. But it does so much more. It protects all kinds of surfaces against wear and dirt, wood, metal, and leather. Its regular use does away with costly refinishing of floors, for example. It protects the finish of your tabletops, brings out the beautiful grain of the wood. And then, besides beauty and protection, Johnson's Wax saves you work all through the year. Waxed surfaces resist dirt and dust. They're so easy to keep clean. When you walk into a neighbor's home, you can tell at a glance if it's a wax-protected home. If its floors, furniture, and woodwork gleam with friendly, mellow beauty, the chances are ten to one you'll find Johnson's Wax, paste, liquid, or cream on the pantry shelf. badly damaged, dearie? That's exactly what Latrivia asked me. He did? Yes. He said, does this mean a new car, old top? And you said? And I said, nope. New top, old car. <laughs> and he said? He said, good night. <laughs> well, good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for home and industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.